Hey everyone, you're listening to Very Decent Chats with Mike and Andy. This is Captivate Podcast number 13. Andy, how are you today? Mike, you've done well. That's awesome. You should be doing the introductions from now on. Oh, sorry. Your question was, yeah, yeah, I'm good, man. (laughs) How are you going? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. So we have decided that we're just going to do something a little bit different. We don't have a guest today. We're just going to have what we've called off the cuff stuff. Off the cuff stuff. Very Very decent decent chats. Yeah. Um, And uh, this is today's episode. So, Andy, I want to have a chat. Yeah. About, I don't know, this this idea of, um, like, you know, pe- people seem, seem to think they're, they're made up of different things. So their bodies, yeah, yeah, their minds, yep. their souls, their spirits, right. all these things that seem to make up the one, the one person. I'm interested to know, um, how did... How did we come to that? Why is it so confusing? And is this the way that the Bible presents our beings? As, you know, we seem to be one child of God that is yeah, a whole yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. being in the Bible, whereas we seem to just split it up and you know, make it heaps confusing. Tell us, tell us a little bit about yeah. how you be that. Well, it's almost as confusing as the way you asked this question, Mike, but uh, let me just... I love asking <laughs> confusing questions, but yeah, just... just, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Like any of our guests that just can just go at a, yeah. at a confusing question that I pose to them, you should just be able to do the same. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not sure if I can, but let me see if I, uh, if I can make sense of what, uh, what you're asking, if I can understand. And, and help help you and everyone else understand what's going on there. Um, so yeah, so you've got this idea of uh, you know humans, human beings uh, being created in God's image. Of mm. course, that comes out of Genesis. And uh, if you've been around church for a while, and if you've been following Jesus and listening to sermons and stuff very, like that, very first chapter, very first Genesis one twenty six twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, like and Genesis two seven. God's. Uh, creates Adam so God creates humanity in his image so it's a fairly fairly easy concept uh, to understand I think fairly easy uh, thing to to know but then what was the actual essence of a human being like what makes you you is, is that what you're asking like who are you you know are you are you just this physical body or are you a spirit uh, are you a soul yeah. that lives in this well, physical I guess, body I guess, yeah I guess what I'm saying is we seem to we seem to do things like, for for example, you know, um, there's things things that have come along um, in the last little while in our mod- modern situation that seem to uh, encourage us to take time out of um, you know our lives to recharge our bodies, and what we mean by that is to almost um, give our brain a rest. Mm. but engage our spirit or engage um, our souls or how, which, whichever word we're going to use there um, in a sense of refilling ourselves so that we can then go and engage our brains again. Like There seems to be this right. separation so you- then of our, our minds and our hearts, our souls, our spirit, you know, whatever yeah, the yeah. spiritual sense is um, that we seem to, that, you know, 
like don't necessarily talk to each other, but okay. Um, yeah. So, so the question is, the question is, what uh, what makes you you? Right? Are you yeah, yeah, just yeah. are you just your thoughts, like the brain idea? Some people sometimes that would be scary if yeah. I was just my thoughts. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, yeah. So, are you just your thoughts, your brain? This whole idea of you know what makes you you is what you think yeah. in in your brain. And then this physical body is just uh, like you know, like a physical uh, vessel that 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 carries you, it's your just mind. Just the thing that lugs you around. That's it. Yep. Uh, or sometimes people say, you know, um, what makes you you is uh, what's going on in your heart. Mm. So what you feel, you know, emotions, stuff like that, and then brain, what you think is sort of removed from that. Yeah. And then again, body, you know, what do we do with our physical bodies? Is it something that's part of us or is it just something that's on the outside? So, yeah, so I think, you know, it's a complicated thing. It's a very complex, uh, complex question to ask. What makes you you? If everything, if we strip everything down, if everything is stripped away, um, you know, what's left? What makes you you? Like, what, what, what about your personality? What about your intellect? What about your sense of humor? And I think that comes to a head because, you know, when we, uh, you know, when someone dies, yeah, uh, you know, what is it that we celebrate? We don't celebrate the fact that this person had, you know, multiple tattoos and, you know, they Not had, that there is anything wrong with tattoos, but... funny I... looking nose <laughs> and I love yeah. that about them. We actually celebrate the stuff that isn't tactile about that person, like, you know... What yeah, is, yeah, like not not a not like not a uh, physical side, but more more the spiritual side. Would yeah. you say? Yeah, yeah. So I'll say this. Um, I don't know if this is going to make any sense or not, but I, you know, I preached a sermon on it recently, and I've done a little bit of reading in this area. Mm. So um, there is a very common view in evangelical Protestant Christianity. Uh, that is sometimes uh, called, and it's a fancy theological term perhaps, uh, trichotomy. I'm yeah. not sure if you've heard about this uh, name. I but it's not. it's basically this idea that a human being, what makes you, you, right? A human being is cr- uh, made made up of three parts, body, soul, and spirit. I'm, I'm sure you've heard about that. Yes. Yeah, so body is obviously what we see on the outside. The physicality, you can see and touch and sometimes, unfortunately, smell, Mike, just saying. (laughs) Uh, That's also the outside. Then, so that's first part, that's body. Then you've got the other part of you, and that's spirit. And in this view, in trichotomy, spirit is something that God gives us, and it's uh, not his Holy Spirit, but it's more of a life-giving force, that just something that allows you to live and breathe and be alive. And mm-hmm. then when you die, this is something that God takes away. The Spirit returns to God. When you become a Christian, God gives you His Holy Spirit, and that's something different. But mm-hmm. there's the second part, the Spirit. And the third part in this view, in trichotomy, is what makes you you. This is the real you. This is who you truly are, and that's your soul. So we often use the language of, you know, his body is in, in, the, in the grave, in the ground, but his soul is alive with God or in hell or something, right? Yeah. But when we talk about ourselves in using this language, what we mean is who we really truly are. So our intellect, sense of humor, personality uh, is this spiritual, invisible soul. Mm. That's one view. Yeah. The other view is, oh, and interestingly, this first view that I just described, uh, trichotomy, this is a very popular view in evangelical Protestant Christian circles. 
it is not a very popular view in um, theological circles, right? Not many theologians and scholars actually view uh, see this view as um, you know something that they would subscribe to. So it's yeah. an interesting thing. So it's very popular in churches, but not very popular in theological literature. Second view is sometimes called dichotomy. And if you're picking up on the vibes here, if trichotomy is three and dichotomy is about two. So we are made out of two parts. First mm. part is obviously, again, physical body, what you see on the outside. And the second part is your spiritual self. So in this view, your spiritual self is um, your spirit and your soul. These two terms are used interchangeably. Mm. And in this view, um, you know, sometimes you get the examples in the New Testament where uh, in, in certain scriptures, soul and spirit are simply used interchangeably, even in the same sentence, even in the same passage. So uh, what makes you you in this view is um, your spirit and your soul. It's basically the same thing. Mm. And then your body is what's on the outside. <clears throat> and there is also a third view, which sometimes is called monism. And in this view, uh, your spiritual self, your spirit or your soul cannot exist outside of the body. That's what they believe. So what makes you, you is your physicality, everything. And then when you yeah. die, you just simply die. So this is something that's obviously widely rejected by Christian scholars because there is an overwhelming evidence in the New Testament and the Old Testament that when this physical body dies, we can exist. Uh, Jesus says on the cross, to the thief, uh, today you will be with me in paradise. Paul says, I think at one point to Corinthian church, that he would rather be away from this physical body and present with Lord Jesus. So mm. he, he, the implication is that he, he's implying that when he dies, he keeps on existing. So that's kind of a three ideas in, in Christian theology about how we can make sense of who we are. Is this a bit complicated? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hearing you, and I'm, I'm trying to make sense of it myself. Um, you know, as um, I, I, I just, just come back to it. There used to be a, um, a insert in the advertiser uh, called Body, Mind, and Soul. Okay, uh, I've noticed that none of those dichotomies. Uh, Try or die or what? <laughs> Those cotomies. <laughs> uh, I'm not uh, sure not, if you can say that, but I think yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, 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 you know what I mean. None of those models yeah, of yeah, yeah. understanding um, actually included mind. Uh, right. Like, what, why is that? And does it, is it, get, represent, does it get represented by um, one of those other words? And can you tell us why? Yeah, so this is another thing that sort of adds to, to this, this complexity um, because I think the way the Old Testament and then the way the New Testament and then the way we today understand mind is a little bit different. And sometimes the words are different in the Old Testament Hebrew and New Testament Greek and 21st century Australian English. Yep. They're different words that sometimes mean different things. So what a 21st century Australian person means by mind is not necessarily what 1st century Greco-Roman person understands. Mm. And then it's probably not the same thing that uh, ancient Near Eastern Hebrew person would understand. Yep. So uh, what, what I've given you is uh, this three views is what uh, Christian theology understands uh, which is based large, on the scriptures, right? Which is largely based on the Greek and Hebrew understanding Correct. rather than the Aussie, Aussie modern 
kind yeah. of way of thinking. At yeah. the same time, uh, current contemporary Aussie way of thinking is very much influenced by the Greek philosophical first century ideas. Yeah. I think they are just slightly um, you know, reshaped and, and influenced by culture that we live in because culture is actually a living thing. It constantly changes, it evolves, it grows, it reshapes the way we think and all sorts of stuff. Mm. But uh, I think the main point of discussion here, Mike, uh, in terms of understanding who we are, what makes us us, is uh, this distinction or this proper understanding rather um, between spirit and soul. So what is your spirit? And do you have one? Mm. Maybe you don't. <laughs> and what is your soul, right? Yeah. And uh, I think the crux of this discussion, at least that's how I make sense of it, comes down to understanding these differences. Or is there a difference at all? Like, you know, the second view that I talked about, dichotomy, yeah. doesn't seem to make a distinction between mm. spirit and soul. It's just, hey, it's just your spiritual self. And sometimes it's called soul, sometimes it's called spirit. So to fully make sense of this, to fully understand what's going on, we have a very difficult task ahead of us. Yeah. Right? Because we need to... Um, look into two cultures, so Hebrew culture and first century Greco-Roman culture, and we need to look at four different words, so two mm. words in Hebrew, two <laughs> words in Greek, and then everything we learn, we need to transpose that into 21st century Australian English and Australian culture. And then another complexity for me is I'm Polish, and my first language is Polish, so then I need to make sense of this as well within my Polish upbringing and my Polish culture. So... Fire out, man. It's not an easy yeah. topic. So you still want to talk about it or you want to finish this episode? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm keen. I'm, I'm keen and I hope that other people are, are keen. Um, because, yeah, because I think, I think for a while, I think for um, uh, Australians just generally and speaking as an Australian who doesn't have another culture to kind of go yeah. by, what's, you know, that my, my 100% of my understanding um, is Aussie. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we, we tend to have this, you know, like your, your knowledge is attached to your brain yeah. and when you go to school or when you go to college or, uh, or college university is what's generally accepted here. Um, yeah. university, uh, that's, that's where you're, you're getting knowledge. That's where you're understanding, uh, things in your brain to learn, um, but when I um, when I became when I became a pastor, um, I understood from uh, the the scriptures and all that kind of stuff, and engaging spiritually, engaging my spiritual life with God, um, I described it. And this this is why I asked, this is why I asked the question because you know we, we I think we differ a little bit on this. Yeah. Um, I described it in a sense of um, your while you can have mind knowledge or brain knowledge um you also need to a deeper knowledge is your heart knowledge and that's what i right. that's what how i described it and i'd probably say you know your soul and spirit possibly go towards you know that heart the understanding. De deeper knowledge yeah. yeah it's a deeper knowledge that's uh within the core of your person um that um engages then that's that's where you kind of um yeah operate out of um, but sometimes when we learn, we have to get the knowledge that we've learnt with our brain actually into the core of our person, which is our heart. Um, so I I describe this as a as a kind of highway between okay. your your okay. brain and heart. Um, but I, I think that's a little bit different than what you're talking about as well. And I think that's a general 
understanding in in my mind as to where people are kind of come to this discussion at is there's one thing that they can know in their brain, but in their heart, they really think something else or one thing that they know in the heart, but their brain tells them something else or whatever. This is kind of where people are coming to this discussion at. Um, But I think, you know, as, as we look through some of these different words, um, we're going to understand, I think the Hebrews and the, Greek's probably a little bit closer to what, what I'm coming from. Yes. Um, but their understanding is a lot more probably cohesive than than that. So why don't you yeah. um, run us through some of these understandings just so we can <clears throat> not necessarily agree together but just have a better, I don't necessarily want to use the word knowledge here but now, but yeah, just yeah, knowledge yeah. of what we're talking about and how we're kind of translating these words down to kind of land where we are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, okay. So we'll we'll give it a go. See what happens. Uh, I'll just I'll just start talking and maybe it'll make sense. Maybe it won't. I don't know. We'll see. But um, okay. So you know I mentioned that we have four different words to understand: two in Hebrew, two in Greek, and we've got two cultures: Greek, Greek, uh, Hebrew culture, and Greek culture. And then we've got to make sense of this in English. Mm. So um, so when it comes to understanding who you are as a person, as a human being, in the Hebrew. Uh, cultural setting, so that's the Old Testament. Um, there is this word in in Hebrew, which is uh, might be a new word to you, maybe not. Tell tell me if you like this word or not. It's yeah. the word nefesh. Have you heard nefesh. of the word nefesh? That is listening now. If you just say wherever you are, just say the word nefesh. Nefesh. It will yeah. I find it incredibly comforting and warming. It's just a so, nice thing to say, yeah. nefesh. Yeah. Anyways, tell us about what it is. Nefesh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's just it's just a very relaxing thing to say. You're listening to Captivate Podcast, something that's good for your nefesh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so nefesh is a word in Hebrew language that we translate in English as soul. Yeah. Um, but it's very unfortunate, I think, that we translate this word in English as soul because it's not exactly what this word is trying to communicate. Mm. And um, I'm not sure if you guys who are listening and you, Mike, if you are aware of the Bible Project, um, they've got a podcast and they've got a YouTube channel and a website and they basically do a lot of work in um, helping people understand the whole story of the Bible. They've got those amazing videos and stuff. And they talk about nefesh as well. So a lot of a lot of what I've researched is ba- about this word is based on what they say, uh, Tim yeah. Mackey and John Collins, I think is the other guy. Mm. Um, but so they, they've got a video about this, so you can chase it up as well. But nefesh, uh, basically in Hebrew understanding, has has few meanings. The basic meaning is throat. So this part here that allows you to breathe mm. is throat. But in many passages in the Old Testament, it is used to talk about life or being. Mm. So when God creates Adam... He becomes a living nefesh. He becomes a living being. So Mm. technically, we could say that if a Hebrew person was here and he would say to them, oh, who are you? They could say, I am a living nefesh Mm. instead of being. So nefesh is life, nefesh is being. And nefesh uh, encompasses the whole you. So it's not just what's on the inside, the spiritual self. It's everything. It's your body. It's your heart. It's your mind. It's your spirit. It's what's on the inside. It's nefesh is you. So in the Hebrew understanding, what makes you you 
Mike, who are you? You are Nefesh. It's you. Yeah. Right? So that's how Hebrews yeah. thought about this. So they were not quite interested in this separation that we're getting in Greek uh, thought, perhaps. Yeah. You know, the mind, and like you said, you see this highway, right, between yeah. heart and mind. That's not a Hebrew idea at all. Mm. They wouldn't think about it that way. They would say, I am Nefesh, and that means everything. So when they go to the doctor to try and explain <laughs> explain what's wrong with them, they would be yeah, very yeah. They wouldn't necessarily have the words to explain because it'd just be yeah. like my nephesh is tired, my yeah. nephesh is feeling. That's it. Uh, you I, know, I, when they come out yeah. from the gym and they've been pumping weights, they just be yeah. like my my nephesh is aching, it's sore, yeah. and it's just like I, what I, part of your nephesh? <laughs> Maybe Can it's, you a, point? it's a bit confusing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure. And if, if you're listening to this and you think it's rubbish, then uh, I don't know, send me an email or you can look this up. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there is no Hebrew word for, for brain, mm. right? Like the way we would describe brain as this organ in your head that allows you to think, right? Because for them, they, they just didn't have that separation. So yeah. in the Old Testament, often you read the passages, and I probably should have prepared myself a bit better for this conversation and have the actual quotes in front of me, which I don't. But well, in, in the off the cuff. In, it's of the cuff yeah. stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, if I don't remember this, the reference, you're not going to get it. <laughs> but um, in, in the Old Testament, quite often it's the heart that thinks and yeah. feels in, in Hebrew, right? So it's, it's a little bit different than a Greek understanding. Um, but, yeah, so basically the, the Hebrew idea of who you are, what makes you you, the nefesh idea is everything. It's mm. your physical body, it's your heart, it's your spirit, it's everything. You are nefesh. So sometimes I think David says in Psalms that his nefesh goes to um, Sheol, right? So the whole being. Uh, he writes, I think, Psalm 23, a very famous psalm, the Lord's my shepherd. And he says that the Lord restores his nefesh, right? Yeah. And uh, the prophets often say, cry out to God and say, you know, save my nefesh. And they can mean physical or spiritual. So it's kind of, they, they have a very holistic understanding of what it means to be a human nefesh, human mm. being. Uh, there is even a reference in Leviticus somewhere where uh, a dead body is described as dead nefesh. Mm. So it also even applies to that. So you can be yeah. alive nefesh or you can be dead nefesh. Yeah. Um, interesting. Um, yeah, so anyway, so that's the word that we need to understand and grasp. And uh... So in, in a sense of, uh, just just as he, he said that, then you're alive, nefesh, or deaf, nef, deaf, deaf, <laughs> dead, nef, deaf, deaf, nefesh. Nefesh. Yeah, 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 good. Uh, deaf, nefesh. What a, what a good band name. Yeah, anyways. Uh, <laughs> if you have a band yeah. and you play, what sort of music? Death metal or something? Yeah, death. Dead, <laughs> dead, dead nefesh. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, does that does that mean that the Hebrew understanding then of the whole self is that there isn't um, anything that goes on after ah, life? Good question. Yeah. So uh, the majority of the Old Testament refers to a human being as nefesh, but the question is, as you rightly indicated, is there another word in the Old Testament in Hebrew that refers to your spiritual self more explicitly? Mm. And I think there is. And yep. this word is ruach. You've heard of that word? Ruach. It's yeah, not as no. nice as nefesh, is it? No, it's not. It's, it's kind just of, a bit. Yeah. It doesn't give me the same warm, fuzzy feeling. No. <laughs> <laughs> ruach. Yeah, it's not as nice as nefesh. <laughs> yeah. So ruach is that term in Hebrew that in its basic meaning uh, refers to uh, the movement of air 
or like you know wind. That's the basic meaning. Um, so like breath. Like yeah. Yeah. That's right. So like breath. It's you know you breathe out and there is there's movement of air. Ruach. Right. So it's the same word that God breathes mm. into us. That's yeah. Ruach. Ruach. Yeah. 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 So uh, this is this is the word that we translate in English as spirit, and mm. uh, because this is how it's most frequently used in the Old Testament in this more spiritual, more sort of immaterial sense. Um, yeah. So that's that's the word ruach. It's the spirit, and quite often this this word is used to to kind of indicate to imply. Uh, that there is an inner part of a human being, of nefesh, mm -hmm. uh, something that seems to survive after the nefesh dies. So you remember the dead nefesh? Mm. If there was a Hebrew person walking along the road and, uh, you know, oh, there is a dead body there, they would say, oh, it's dead nefesh. And then you can ask, what do you think happened to the ruach, to the spirit? Yeah. Right? That's kind of the dynamic. So, so what I guess we, it, yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of makes sense in the sense that uh, you know a dead nefesh mm. doesn't no longer have doesn't have any breath left in it. The breath yeah. has left. That's why it is dead. Yes. So the breath is what gives life in a sense, which is the the language that we see yeah. in the Bible. God is the one who gives breath or gives life. Yeah. So, so what makes you living nefesh? it seems, is yeah. God-given ruach, a spirit. Yeah. So you can be living nefesh, walking, talking nefesh. Yeah, I'm a yeah. nefesh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just like saying, saying nefesh. So whenever I can, I'll say nefesh. Yeah. So speaking of nefesh, no. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. But yeah, so you can be a living nefesh, and what makes you living nefesh is the fact that you have ruach. Yeah. And so based on this dynamic, I would want to um, submit to you that what makes you, you, really, the, what we refer to in English, rather, so let me rephrase this, uh, what we use in English to describe your inner self, mm. we use the word soul, yep. that I think is more closely aligned with the Hebrew word ruach, the spirit that God gives. Mm. There's a passage, I think, somewhere in um, Zechariah, I think, that God is the Lord, right? And he is the one that forms human ruach, the one yep. in, in him. In a human being, so yeah. he's the one that gives and forms, puts in human being ruach. I think it's chapter twelve, maybe. Mm. It's of the calf stuff, so I don't have the passage in front of me, but yeah, um, right. So, 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 in this Hebrew mindset, uh, it seems who you truly, really are, your spiritual self is ruach. It's the spirit, and then you are your body and your spirit together. You are a living nefesh. Mm. When you die, your nefesh, your body is dead but your ruach your spirit uh, keeps on living so that's kind of that's that's the hebrew way of of wrestling with this <clears throat> let me just pick up on the thing that you mentioned before the heart and mind issue mm. in, in yeah. hebrew in hebrew understanding um there is a word for heart in hebrew yeah which i forget now i think it's uh the, the word lev, perhaps, or something like that. Uh, but it, th there is a word. Yep. Uh, and, you know, this seems to be like the, the very core of nefesh's <laughs> way of, of, of thinking and, yeah. and operating, you know. What's, what's at the very core of nefesh? Nefesh being body and ruach together yep. is the heart, you know. So, like, the heart yep. thinks and the heart can feel and the heart can have attitudes. Mm. There's... 
So everything that we can ascribe to brain is actually in, in our 21st century Aussie thinking is yeah. actually ascribed to heart in Hebrew. Yeah. Um, and that's why in the New Testament, in the Gospels, sometimes you see Jesus using phrases like, you know, that the attitude of this, this man's heart was evil. Or Jesus is Jewish and he's immersed yeah. in this language of heart being the main uh, source of attitudes and the organ that thinks and he's using yeah. this language which i think is why you know like i, I certainly read um, some of jesus teaching and that kind of thing which is uh aimed at <clears throat> you know changing our attitudes of our hearts and all that kind of stuff yeah and then bring that straight into our aussie culture kind of going well you know god cares less about our you know he might, might care less about what we know but needs us to know things in our heart and needs us to um, change the attitudes of our hearts because that is what's then what's okay. what, how it's translation related, I guess, when, yeah, yeah. Um, when, when it comes into the English. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, anyways. Yeah. Shall we, shall we move on to a Greek understanding? Just right. So we can... Okay. So then in, um, in Greek understanding, this Hebrew word nefesh, which we just explored, meaning the whole of you, your body and your mm -hmm. ruach, right? Yep. This word is translated as suke. It's suke. That's okay. yeah, yeah. It's direct translation from he Hebrew to Greek. I think they should have kept nefesh. I know nefesh is so good. <laughs> why did the first century Greeks? Why didn't they? Yeah, uh, or, or even before first century, you know, why why did Plato and Aristotle? Why didn't they use nefesh? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so much nicer. Yeah, maybe because it's a different language. <laughs> Uh, but suke is the Greek translation of nefesh. And, you know, I'll just tell you a little little story here. But um, when you speak two languages, you often fluently, you often have this issue of translation, right? So mm. a friend of mine, he's getting married soon uh, in Poland, and he invited me to be his best man. Aki, if you're listening, love you, man. Can't wait to be there for the wedding. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's invited me to be uh, the best man and to give a speech at the wedding. Yep. And so I spent a few weeks recently just thinking through what I'm going to say. And I was trying to write a few thoughts and make sure it's meaningful and not embarrassing for him, yeah. which is probably not going to happen. <laughs> I'm probably going to have to say something embarrassing because yeah. that's the I whole mean, point. The first right? mistake he made was asking you to be his best man. So. Well, actually, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, <laughs> anyhow, so I spent a few weeks just trying to, to write something meaningful and something that's going to be, you know, helpful. And my problem is, you know, I'm Polish and this is my first language. And, you know, I grew up in this language, with this language and in this culture. But I've been in Australia for, for a while, and most of my thinking now is done in English. Yeah. So I'm sitting there trying to write my speech, and all the thoughts and all the words that are coming to me are coming to me in English. So I've written a few things in English, and then I go back to uh, Polish trying to translate everything that I've written in English. And because I speak both languages, sometimes I find that the words I'm using in English, they're not quite right. And yeah. then I go to the dictionary, Polish dictionary, I'm trying to find the Polish equivalent. And I do, I'm able to find the exact translation of the English word in Polish. But because I know two languages and I know the Polish word, I, I see that it's not quite a word I'm looking for. Do you, do you see what I mean? So yeah. it's a direct yeah. translation, but it still doesn't communicate what I really want to say. Because, yeah. you know, Aussie culture is different and Polish culture is different. And sometimes in English, we say things differently to the way we would say things in Polish. So even though I've got the direct translation, 
it's not helping me because it's not communicating to me what I really want to say. I think I think a lot of people, and this this might help as well. Um, you know, when, when when we talk about uh, the English word love, and okay, we, yeah, we yeah. say um, that when we when we go back to uh, you know the Bible, the Greek understanding. Well, Greeks had like I don't know how many it is. I think so four, four or five. Four words. Yeah. Four, four words for different types of love. Yes. You got your, your agape. You've Correct. got your eros. Correct. Uh, you've got uh, I don't forget Sto- the storge, which is like <clears throat> uh, love for things. I reckon. Like, yeah. Like I uh, love this TV show, so I storge the, uh, this TV show. Right? The the brotherly. Phileo. Philia. Yeah. 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 So um yeah, so there's there's four four um words for love, but then we just translate it all as Yeah. And love. in and in English the context <clears throat> of the sentence decides what you actually mean. Yeah. 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 So I love this podcast. So you, you know, don't add us. Doesn't mean you don't, you I'm don't going, add... going to sleep by it at night. So you don't like, add us this podcast. That would be weird. That would be weird. But you know, like I might love this podcast in the in the one that I I forgot. Um, Storge, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Storge, or maybe yeah. it's not the right uh, right yeah, word. It's pro- possibly not quite. Yeah, yeah but um, you know, the way that I love Andy is different to the way that I love my wife. And he's probably happy about that. Um, Amen. (laughs) (laughs) um, So, but, you know, like I would use the same word, English word. Yeah. But would mean something different if I was to translate it then to Greek. So if I translate it to Greek and I translate it to uh, very wrong, someone might think very differently of me if I was trying to say I love Andy. Yeah, yeah. And I said. And you used the wrong word. Yeah. (laughs) I said Eros instead of. That uh, would be filio, that would be unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, so back to my story. Thanks for hijacking yeah, yeah. the whole thing, Mike. Yeah. No worries. Anyways, <laughs> you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I've got this issue, right? I'm trying to translate English words into Polish words, and I've got the exact equivalent mm. in Polish, but I know it's not quite what I want to say. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what's happening with nefesh and suke. So nefesh is Hebrew word. It communicates something. It communicates a very holistic understanding of what it means to be a human being. Mm. It means your spiritual ruach, and it means your physical body. You know, it means your heart being at the very center of of what things and feels and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then you go to Greek language that's influenced very much by Greek philosophy, guys mm. like Plato and Aristotle, and they have a direct translation of this word. Nefesh being suke, yeah. But what they mean by this word is not exactly what the word nefesh actually wants to communicate. Mm. And here's what they mean by suke: Greek philosophers meant yourself that is pretty much only spiritual. Yeah. So they actually had this view. Um, that's obviously probably an oversimplification, but but in a nutshell, they, they had this view that what's physical 
what you can see on the outside, your body, um, that's that's not as good as what's spiritual. That's lesser. It shouldn't be, you know, um, looked after. Or you shouldn't be promoted as something that's part of you. What really makes you you? It's the spiritual self. That's mm. only really the thing that's important. Yeah. So the goal was for your suke for your spiritual self only mm. to be the thing that endures to be the thing that you know attains this pure spiritual form and the hope basically was for your suke for your spiritual ghostly form to live forever they mm. also had this view that your spiritual self was inherently immortal yeah so they didn't care about the body they only cared about what's on the inside so in, in a sense then then nefesh is body plus suke if you were to try and yeah. Try and describe, <clears throat> you know, put a, put a mathematical con- equation together yes. to try and get both sides to kind of equate. Yeah. It would be body plus suke on the Greek side equals nefesh on the correct, correct the, yeah. the Hebrew side. Yeah. So even the, so suke is direct translation of nefesh. If you are a Greek first century person and you wanted to learn Hebrew because mm. you just had, you know, spare time. <laughs> yeah. And you had a Greek to Hebrew dictionary and you looked up the word suke, it would tell you nefesh. Yeah. That would be the word. Yeah. But the concepts these two words communicate are different. They're different. Yeah. And then Hebrews, like you said, nefesh is your body and your ruach, your spirit. Um, and suke is just... Suke is actually, I think, uh, you know, this is how I make sense of this. I think suke is actually, a, in a Greek thought, is actually a direct equivalent of ruach, of the spirit, mm. of what's inside of you. And nefesh is a lot more than just suke. Yes. Yeah. You know, so, um, so that's the issue that we're facing. Now, mm. on top of this, we translate nefesh and suke in English as one word, soul. Yeah. And we have this Greek, I think, um, influence in our language that we think of soul as something that's only spiritual. Mm. It's only immaterial. Uh, it's not very often that you ask someone today, oh, what do you think soul is? And they will say, oh, yeah, it incorporates everything. It's your body as well. No one says that, right? Soul is something that survives after you die. It's this spiritual, yeah. imma- immaterial self. Well, I think in a in a um, in a older, more traditional way, like think of the the word s uh, or not the word the <clears throat> like SOS, for example, save our souls. Oh yeah. What what do we mean when we say save our souls? Oh, like yeah, we're, no, that's we're good. St- yeah. Stuck in stuck in the middle of you know stuck in the middle of ocean. Our ship is sinking. We're sending out our SOS. Save our souls. We're not we're not asking yeah. for someone just to save the part of us that we can't see. Correct. Yeah. We're actually asking people to save our lives, whole, whole being, the so whole being. Yeah. That is save our nefesh. Correct. Yeah. But um, today, I think we've split, you know, uh, our soul because we can work on our soul and we can work on our mind, mm. um, and those things are poles apart. So there's something that's happened between when someone first thought up of this SOS thing and now that has caused us to yeah, hold no, that's good, both actually. of those apart. That's true. And now that I actually think about it, you know, sometimes you might have a captain on, on, on a plane or mm. like a ship saying, oh, I've got 150 souls on board. Yeah. And they don't mean your spiritual self. They Which, mean yeah. everything. They, Which is leftover language, yeah. I think, yeah, from... Yeah. From that traditional yeah, kind yeah. of English, yeah. So it's 150 nefesh. I wish they yeah. would say nefesh. Yeah. Every time they say so, it's such a good word, nefesh. Yeah. Um, right, yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. But something happened. You're right. Something yeah. happened 
And now in, a, in English culture, in an English language, when we use this word, soul, we don't mean mm. the nefesh, Hebrew understanding of, of, of being. Yep. We have the Greek stuff in mind, yeah. the spiritual self. That's the only important thing. Yeah. Um, so that's the word suke. So mm. it's very tricky, man, because suke is the direct translation of nefesh, but it doesn't communicate the same thing. But in, in, in the Bible... So in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the Alexx, yeah. um, the every time the word nefesh is used, the Greek translates it as suke, because that's the translation. <clears throat> yeah. So that that makes it complicated. Um, mm. Yeah. So we have three words that we've looked at. So we've got nefesh, we've got ruach. It's the Hebrew words nefesh yeah. for being, ruach for spirit, and Greek word suke for. Uh, soul. soul, which is, you know, this confusion there. And the Hebrew word for, uh, sorry, the Greek word for uh, Hebrew ruach is pneuma. So that's the four, fourth word. Yep. So you've got spirit in English, pneuma in Greek, and ruach in Hebrew. And then I can tell you what it says in Polish if you want. It's just, yeah. it's just too many words. You've got to speak five languages to be a theologian. Yeah. <laughs> we actually probably do if you're doing a PhD. Yeah. You need to know possibly, a few languages. Yeah. yeah and what, what's what's not so complicated about pneuma is yeah. it's pretty much used in the same way in uh, in Greek uh, than ruach in Hebrew. So it's mm. it's a very, very similar idea. It's also about uh, breath and, and wind, uh, movement of air. Um, and it's also, uh, in the way New Testament uses it, it, it seems to be this idea that Ruah is communicating. So mm. when Jesus is on the cross, for example, this famous passage in every gospel, he says, he prays to the Father, and the last words that he says, into your hands I commit my pneuma, because he's yeah. quoting the Old Testament passage from Psalms, yeah. and the word that's used there is Ruach. Yeah. Right? So it's just yeah. direct translation. Um, which again seems to be this idea that what's in you, your spiritual self, is your spirit, your pneuma, your yep. ruach. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of so. That's kind of how it works in the New Testament. So, so we've we've come from a Hebrew understanding. So we've got a, a nefesh and a ruach, and we've come to the Greek understanding, which is our suke and our pneuma and yep. our body. Which I'm sure yes. they've got a word for that as well. They do, yeah, yeah. So there's the so the three things there, which have morphed out of these two things, um, and now we seem to just get confused because I feel like we have multiple different mm. different words, <clears throat> um, which we've you know at, at the start we talked about body, mind, spirit, soul, heart. Um, that's at least five. I'm sure there's others that we kind of yeah. use as well. And we've got into this big confusion of what the heck are we actually talking about? <laughs> I know. It's very complex, yeah. And another thing that I should have mentioned probably at the very beginning is uh, well, another thing that adds to the complexity of this discussion is that we, we're working with metaphors. Yeah. You know, more often than not. So the language of mind and heart is, you know, it's something that, that that's a metaphor. So when yeah. you talk about heart, you don't mean the actual physical organ in your body that's pumping blood and making sure you're physically yeah. alive. You mean something different. No, you I mean, actually mean that I love you with that, that part of the, with the part of your body. <laughs> well, that's disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, we, we're working with this, yeah. we're using this language, we're working with analogies and metaphors, and that adds to the complexity as well because, you know, not every uh, metaphor and analogy is obvious. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to explain it. So... 
it's a bit ironic because you're using analogies to explain something, but you have to explain the actual analogy. Yeah. So, you know, so yeah. it's it's hard. But um, yeah, sorry, was there a question there? <laughs> I got me, I got mixed up. With yeah, my, yeah. I, I'm just saying we we I think we need to get to the next step then of yeah. you know we, we've gotten to the Greek un, uh, interpretation of the Hebrew, um, and I think we're up to the modern interpretation yeah, of okay. the Greek. I would say then of you know so what what do we do with those understandings um you know coming back to our original question of so what what the heck are we talking about what the heck are we talking about like who what what does make us 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 then yeah okay well i can give you my view yeah you don't have to agree but if you're smart you will No, but I think uh, this. I, this so it, it, there's a very good uh, um, scriptural evidence. I think in the New Testament that these ideas of of uh, suke and numa yep. are used interchangeably yep. in the New Testament. The passage from uh, the Gospel of Luke uh, comes to mind. Um, Mary's song. You might remember that passage, first chapter, v- very early on in the Gospel of Luke. Mm. And Mary prays, and she says something like this. And it's, it's a paraphrase, <laughs> and this international version. <laughs> She says something like, you know, my soul, my suke, magnifies the Lord, and my yep. spirit, my pneuma, rejoices in Lord my Savior, or something like that. Yep. But he, but she uses these two words, suke and pneuma, in the same sentence, pretty much, the same passage, yep. and like it's, you know, for emphasis, interchangeably. She doesn't try to, um, the passage itself doesn't try to teach us that, hey, suke is something different, and then pneuma is something different. It's more of a with her whole being, Mary is magnifying Lord and rejoicing in Him. Yeah, and there's there's few other examples as well. We possibly uh, see this a little bit in the Psalms when you yeah like, you know looked at Psalms of worship being a, a worship pastor, um you know where where Psalms of praise I'd say that would probably be more correct, um where you know it is um, they're lifting up their voices they're praising God with their whole beings. It seems like they need to say the yeah. same thing. But I wonder whether they're using, I, I don't know enough about the original language to mm. um, kind of know what they're doing there. But it seems like they're trying to convey then a wholeness of what they're worshipping God with yeah. um, by using all of these different parts of their yeah. um, their language to be, to be able to convey that. Correct. Yeah. So they're not trying to teach us that there is a distinction. Yeah. They just say, look, everything you are. Your your body, your soul, your nefesh, your ruah, your numa, your sukkah, everything that makes you you, yep. worships the Lord. Right? Yes, that's kind of the idea. Yeah. So so I would say that we are basically just to finish this off the cuff stuff episode. Yeah. Um, I'd say this. You know, I think we are what makes us us is spiritual and physical. Yep. So God created us physical. We have bodies, and you can see this body, mm. this body that you have. And, you know, the hope is not for you to leave this body behind and exist forever as a spirit. Mm. Uh, the hope is that this body that you have will be redeemed. It will be renewed. And God want, God likes this body. When he makes humanity, he says, it is very good. Yeah, <laughs> he likes it. It is it's not, very decent. It is very decent. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, it's a catchphrase now, isn't it? It's very yeah. decent. It's a very decent body. And he yeah. doesn't want you to reject it. Because he doesn't want to reject it, and if it's yeah. broken because of sin, if it's you know, um, if there's any defects or whatever, he wants to redeem this, right? Yeah. So the promise is, we are going to get new bodies. We are going to be physical beings, 
And you know, Jesus' resurrection, he receives a new body and this is the body that we're going to receive. Mm. That kind of that type of body. Yeah. So we are physical beings, but we are also spiritual beings. Mm. And when this body uh, dies, we don't die in terms of our spirituality. We don't stop to exist. Our spirit, as the spiritual side, keeps on existing. Yeah. And if we take under consideration everything that we learned about the word sukkah and nefesh, yeah. that spirit that exists, the spiritual self, is what in English we would use, we would translate as soul and spirit. Yeah. So we are spiritual beings. We have spirit and soul. Is the same thing. Is the spiritual side of who you are, your spiritual self. But we also have physical bodies. And, you know, your body is not just a vessel that carries your spiritual self. Your body is you. Mm. <laughs> it is you. And it's important to look after it. And, you know, it's, it's important to understand that part of who you are is what people see on the, on the outside. It's your body. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'd, almost, I'd almost say, and this is possibly where we might disagree a little bit, okay. um, is that uh, our bodies, <clears throat> we should look after them because um, we're actually, the body is actually uh, the thing that's going to be renewed. I don't mm. know necessarily we're going to get a brand new body. I don't. I don't think that. Did I say brand new? If I said that, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, maybe maybe you didn't. But well, I well, think that's, you know that's what I heard just then. If you, I, okay, well, I if think you, yeah. we're we're going to get a restored or a renewed um, body, which yeah, is yeah. You know, going to be very much based on the old one. Correct. But going to be, you know, cleansed and you know when Jesus. Uh, is uh... yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm with you on this one. So I would say that, I mean, Jesus is my main example of yeah. how I think about this, right? Yeah. So if Jesus was, when he was resurrected, when, when he was um, interacting with his disciples, you know, th there was something different, obviously, about his body, but there was yeah. also something that was very similar to what it was before his death. Yeah, well, I so, mean, they recognized him. They recognized him and he was able to eat and, you know, so he yeah, was functioning yeah. as a physical being, which is important. <clears throat> yeah. So he wasn't some sort of phantom, like some sort of spirit yeah. just appeared and looked like a body. No, he was actually like they could touch him and stuff. Famous passage, Thomas is touching Jesus because that's what he needed to believe in him. Right. Yeah. So, so there is something similar, but there's also something that's different about this body. Mm. But most definitely, I agree with you. It's not going to be a brand new body in a sense of, whoa, we can't recognize you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, it's going to be, hey, like, like I'll be able to say, Mike, it's you. Far yeah. out. I look at you and I'm yeah. like, I recognize you. But there is something, <clears throat> there is something, there's a beautification that's going on here of this body. There's this, this you know, re renewal, restoration, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 perfection. That's that's shining through in that new mm. body. So I yeah. think that's what I mean when I say new body. I don't mean brand new, new better model. You can't recognize it. It's you will be able to recognize it, but it's, it will be redeemed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. so that's where that's how I make sense of this. So when when so it's complicated because you know we we use this language of of soul, right yeah. in in our yeah. in our culture and in churches, and we mean something different to nefesh. Right? We don't mean nefesh as your body. We mean you yeah. know spiritual. So I would say this to people: You are nefesh, you are soul, mm. and and uh, and that incorporates your pneuma, your spirit, and your body. Which I forget the word in Hebrew for body. I think there is a word. Um, yeah, I forget now. But uh, in Greek, it's soma. Right? It's the word yeah. for for body. So yeah. So you are everything, and you are a physical and spiritual being. And uh, what else matters? Yeah. Oh, I was gonna mention 
uh, the whole issue with mind and heart, right? So how do we make sense of that? Um, yeah. So uh, in the Gospels, um, there is this passage where I think it's a Pharisee or a teacher of the law comes to Jesus and asks him about the greatest command. Remember that passage? Yes. And Jesus responds, uh, and he quotes the Old Testament, a very famous passage that Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy 6, mm. Shema. Yeah. And he says, you know, love your God. Uh, so he, anyway, so he quotes Hebrew. But it's interesting because obviously in the New Testament for us, it's recorded in, um, in Greek. Yeah. Right? So in Hebrew, it reads, you know, love your God. I'm just quoting from memory or oh, it's not really a quote then it's a paraphrase yeah uh, the, the main point i'm trying to make is yeah uh, he's mentioning heart in hebrew so heart soul and strength that's how he's translated in english yeah so heart the word is used for heart there uh, and then soul nefesh and then strength it just means um it's a it's a Hebrew word for muchness, which sounds funny, or veriness. So love your God, Lord your God with your veriness, with everything you've got. When yeah. you love God, give it a hundred percent. So it's right? kind of like the catch-all, just anything that uh, yeah. doesn't get covered in heart and soul. Uh, you gotta love God with that as well. Like just with your heart, <laughs> with, like just everything, yeah. you know. Um, and then this. Passage is translated into Greek, and mm. Jesus quotes this passage. Yeah. Well, in real life situation, he probably quoted in Aramaic or in Hebrew, mm. but we've got the translation of that in in Greek. And it's interesting because all the Gospels, apart from Mark's, all the Synoptics, mm-hmm. uh, say you know, love God with all your heart, and Hebrew, um, Greek rather, cardia uh, is the word. Yeah. Uh, then your soul, so nephesh is translated then as suke. Yep. And then mind, mm. which is another Greek word that we didn't talk about. And it's, uh, just trying to remember, it's dianoia. Di- I think that's how you pronounce it. Dianoia yeah. or something, right? So it's yeah. another, another word that sort of, uh, the best translation of this word in English would be, um, it's, your, it's your intellect, it's your um, understanding, it's your ability to reason, mm. like make sense of a, a logical argument. Yep. That's the kind of thing. Uh, and all the Gospels have that. Mark, the Gospel of Mark, is adding uh, strength, a Greek word for strength, which is that translation of the Hebrew um, idea of everything you've got. Right? So that's how it's translated. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, you see this dynamic that we talked about here as well, that nefesh is translated as suke, uh, heart is translated as heart, and then you've got mind, which is an additional thing. You mm. don't see this in Hebrew. Yep. And then you've got strength only in Mark. Mm. There is no pneuma, there is no ruach there, there is yeah. no spirit. So, you know, it's it's interesting how, how this is translated. The way I'll make sense of this is, in Hebrew understanding, your heart is your inner man. Sometimes Paul actually uses this phrase, I think, in the New Testament as well, your inner man. Mm. It's your heart. Your soul, your nefesh, Greek, um, suke, is all of you. It incorporates your spirit. That's maybe why it's not mentioned there. It's, mm. it's all of you. And then your mind, I think in Greek, is just, just a way of saying that we've got to cover, the, cover all the bases. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's going to make sure that we also include this because a Greek person would make this distinction yep. and a Hebrew person probably wouldn't. Mm. So the basic idea is we're not trying to just distinguish between all this stuff. Just everything you are yep. is supposed to be loving God. So I think, yeah. So that's, in, that's in a sense, then, so. where we 
we have the leftovers of that because we have a, a distinction between our heart and mind mm. because of the fact that, um, you know, not because we should, should necessarily think about them as, as different things, but it's trying to, um, you know, pick up all the pieces between, you know, at getting our whole being. Mm. But um, I think, you know, maybe we've somewhat unhelpfully split them apart to allow ourselves to kind of go, well, I can, you know, I can, I can engage with this, with my, I think my whole self, we kind of say our heart is in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, or use, use phrases like that. Um, <clears throat> but, um, you know, like with, with things like when we're going to university or something like that, it's just there, it's just there to stimulate my mind. Yeah. Um, but, you know, our, our heart might, might not be in it. Yes, you know, similar things. Whereas, um, that's that's a foreign thing for when we come to mm. you know Hebrew understanding and even I'd say maybe even a Greek understanding of um, those things. So when yeah, but you know, to wrap this up, God wants us to love Him with all of our. Cells, so yeah, all, all of all of our existence, all, all, of, all of your nefesh, we would yes. say. I think yeah. nefesh is re- uh, just you know, perhaps I'm repeating myself, so <laughs> sorry about this. But I really think nefesh is the best way of yeah conveying this idea of 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 wholeness, you know, mm. holistic idea of who you are. So nefesh is is everything. And we have started using that just, just yeah. because it's a fun word to I say. I just, just love this word, nefesh. But it is def- definitely um, you know, a more holistic understanding of you know our whole selves as we've been discussing mm. this over the last couple of weeks. And we thought, oh, yeah. let's have the first off-the-cuff stuff in uh, yeah. conversation about this. Because it's really, as, as we've been discussing it over the last couple of weeks, it's been really interesting for us, um, you know, Andy having uh, done a sermon on it, so he needed to needed to do yeah, a bit more research than yeah. I have. But just yeah, just for me to kind of you know engage with some of this stuff has been really helpful as well. Mm. So as we wrap up this first very decent chat, Andy, thanks for thanks for semi being interviewed. On yeah, Captain no, Eight podcast, no worries. It's, I feel it's, like you're yeah. a friend of the show. Oh, yeah, you reckon? <laughs> you reckon? Can I? Can I? Can I come again? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been it's been great. You know, off the cuff stuff. It's just kind of like you don't really know what is where where it's gonna go. The conversation, yeah. but uh, I don't know. Hopefully, some of the stuff is helpful uh, for people just to think through. And um, I mean, we've, we kind of, we've chosen a very tricky thing to talk about for the first one. Yeah. Um, but well, you know, it's just what it is. And yeah, but I, I think, I think it's, I think it's helpful um, to have a bit of an understanding. I mean, even if you don't remember all of the Greek and Hebrew words and whatever, but just the, um, just the concept of, um, you know, like the fact that we split apart all of our, being in um, our modern day, yeah. but that wasn't always the case. Yeah, that's right. And just just allowing you know yourself to reflect on that and go, well, how do I see myself? Mm. Um, because you know, am I splitting apart myself, or am I seeing myself as a full in- integrated nefesh? Nefesh. That's right. Um, but um, but yeah, I hope this has been helpful. 
And um, as always, um, we will maybe put a, a question or some some stimulating stuff on yeah. the discussion group. But feel free to ask any further questions um, around around this topic. I'm sure. Um, yeah, there's there's few there's, things we haven't discussed. There's a few yeah, yeah a few things we kind of mentioned briefly, but they're right. kind of whole conversations in themselves. Uh, I feel like every single kind yeah. of thing that we touched upon could be uh, a teaching series in your church or a separate podcast episode. Yeah, but I think you know if there's there's so many different uh, resources on this particular topic and different mm. views and you know those who subscribe to this trichotomy view where you have body soul and spirit and soul and spirit are separate you know they, they'll push back on this and say nah look you know there's this quite a good evidence here that soul is separate to spirit and and we can debate this forever you know and yeah there's all there's all sorts of things that you can find online i'm sure but uh just one one resource that i want to recommend now um that i found helpful is i think what i mentioned before uh, in this conversation as well is the bible project and yep. these guys really do a good job at uh, uh, just, you know, diving diving a bit deeper and making sense of the Hebrew culture and language and then how that relates to everything that we talked about. And they've got a study on the word nefesh as well. And they've got a podcast, I think, on, on this particular word yeah. as well. So we'll try and link everything in our show notes. Mm. And I'm kind of strategically promoting the Bible Project because I am a big fan of Team Mackie and I want him on the podcast. So, yeah. Team, if you're listening, when are you free to, <laughs> to come and talk to us about the Bible in particular? Uh, very, very sneaky. Very I'm sneaky. very sneaky. But yeah, I'm probably going to reach out to Tim at some point next year maybe and say, hey, there is a small podcast in South Australia. Do you want to come and talk to us? Yeah. Hopefully yeah. he'll say yes. Anyway. Anyway, that's, that's thank you for listening to Very Decent Chats with Mike and Andy. Amen. Until next time, stay, stay captivated. captivated.